Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Heroes of the Horn is brought to you by Aeo Clan Chief Jeremy Boucher. May you always find water and shade. Welcome to Heroes of the Horn, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am Sir Matt. And I am Sir Ezra. Welcome to our Wheel of Time book club. The horn has sounded, and we have answered the call. Today we are covering the Eye of the World, chapters 18 through 26. Yeah, man, it is getting dark uh, is that, yeah. is that, is that, is that, is that the right thing to say? Wow. Right. Yeah, man. maybe. Uh, just, just seems like uh, a short time ago we were, we were getting ready for, uh, Beltine and <laughs> yes, things, things we were, our, all our concerns were just, um, you know, can we, can we get a pie, you know, right. and now, uh, we got lions and trollocs and bears. Oh my. Come on. Fades. Yep. <laughs> Mordith, we're going to talk about him a lot today. What is going on there, man? Yeah, yeah, you're losing. It. I mean it. It is. Uh, it's dark. I mean, just like it's winter time too here for us, and so it's it's also kind of mirroring the the chapters that we read in that way. It's it's something I I love too that you um in this this big sort of section uh, of chapters that so we've got 18 through 26. I mean, chapter 18 and 19, you're just sort of like you you're like as I'm stuck here. Uh, this is where I'm at. Like, well, like, what's going on? Well, seriously, well, seriously, you know, uh, we 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 pick a kind of one kind of chapter or one kind of key element to focus on, and this time there's just a lot yeah. in these eight chapters, and um, just the one. There's just a lot because now that they're everyone's kind of split up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Spoiler alert, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, if you haven't read them, but yeah. they all get split up, yeah. and it uh, it kind of changes things. Yeah, it does. It, there, there's more to cover. There's more to keep track of, and again, that's sort of why we ha- you have to be a hero of the horn. There's a lot to cover. You have to be with it, um, on guard, and ready to go, because there's a lot to discuss, and, and I really... Um, and you, you honed in on the right thing, too, because I was going to do the extended edition uh, with you know with their time in in Chidar Logoth and and you decided mm-hmm. no like let's let's I think that's where you really wanted oh, to I focus the, and I I like that yeah. I'm glad that you that you felt that way so 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's kind of uh, in this in this segment of chapters, I'd say that there's three or uh, kind of big areas, I'd say, to kind of focus on. Um, mm-hmm. And, you, you know, we're going to we're, today we're going to cover uh, Mordeth and that dagger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's pretty big. We're going to talk a little bit about um, Nynaeve and her role in this. Uh, she has a big conversation with Moraine. Yeah. Um, we've what else? Uh, what else is going on? As I mean, we've got oh, yep. a Gwen, a and and Perrin off with the Tinker. Yeah, I mean, there's Rand and Matt or, or with Tom. I mean, there's yeah. a lot. Yeah, exactly. They spent, you know, what are they 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 have to make some choices with the the coin that Moraine gave them. Right, right. So, I mean, there's there's a lot. Yeah, yeah, there is, there is. Uh, but yeah, let's let's get into this. So, uh, first of all, my friend, how you doing? I'm good, man. Uh, it's February on Twitter and all over the internet. Everyone was saying that that felt like the longest January ever. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I not necessarily for me, but uh, that's just kind of what everyone everyone is saying. But it is my favorite weekend of the year. It is Super Bowl mm. weekend. Yeah. Um. You know, we've got some gold miners against uh some Chiefs. <laughs> Yeah, is is where we're at, uh, and I will go ahead and say it since we're posting it today. Uh huh. While I think the 49ers are a better team, I just got to go with my boy. You know, with with Patrick, my homeboy, uh. Andy Reid. I'm going with the <laughs> Chiefs, 34-28. Gee, it, wow, that whole gift of foretelling is really getting to you. Uh, you know, you're really, <laughs> oh, yeah. you're really taking it to another level there, aren't you? Uh, Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a good weekend. I, I'm, I'm excited to, to watch it as well and, and see if there's commercials, promos, uh, trailers, commercials, whatever. Good food. Yeah, yeah. What is your, what is your favorite? You know, it's like Thanksgiving. We talk about oh, you know, what, what you got, you know, turkey gravy. You know, what's your favorite Super Bowl Sunday food? Oh man, wow. Gosh, I, I don't know. Typically, like traditionally, it's, it's like you, you got to have a pizza. And you got to have a ton of different chips. Like it's like mm-hmm. think of all the chip commercials too that are in, or that you know that that happened during the Super Bowl. I mean, there's so many different chip commercials. It's it's amazing. Uh, so yeah, I always have a bunch of chips, a bunch of dips. I think it's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Buff bu- a buffalo dip for me. Number okay. one. Yeah, gotta have it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, actually, now that you said this, so uh, a, a tradition. Uh, in the Kirk household, we we always have uh, my sister brings a seven layered like salad dip, like a taco salad dip or something. I, I don't know what it, I don't know what it's right. really called. It's got different layers to it. It's delicious and it's just like it's a hit. So yeah, I nice. guess there I guess nice. there's that because I just I uh, actually just got a text from her and she was talking about you know if we still want if if Dad and I wanted that for tomorrow. Yeah, I mean of course we do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like come on. <laughs> so I'd say so. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, so we're yeah excited about that, uh, dude. I'm also excited. It's it's again. I'm still yeah. We we made it through January 2020. We're inspired. Big updates. Uh, big big things. We're still working on in our our uh, podcasting projects. We've got some within a month. Within a month, you're gonna hear some pretty exciting uh, news from us. Yes. I think, and and that's really all. I guess I, I want to say about it yet. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to Bend the Knee, you'll definitely. Uh, probably you'll actually probably hear about it this week. I think so. Uh, pay pay attention. Yeah, yeah. On on Monday. Yeah. All we can say is that you, you know you'll see some big. Things. <laughs> you will. You will see a few. That yeah. yeah. Yes. So uh, yeah, it's exciting. I'm inspired. 
you know, I was talking to, um, I don't know why this, this has hit me. I want to share this real quick. Just like I was talking to one of my students about like just prepping and getting ready and getting motivated. Like he's, he's about to graduate and like he doesn't know, he doesn't know what he wants to do. Doesn't want to go to college, whatever. And we're looking at just alternative ways, things that he can do. And I've been kind of, I've been thinking about him, right. You know, and it was funny to me. I, I, he, this week came to me and told me I, he just something, there was something different about him. He, he had a different mm -hmm. presence about him. And I, I, I literally thought of this book and I thought of these characters and how they change and how like, you know, uh, Robert Jordan's often said he wanted to write a story about a character who was tapped on the shoulder and told, hey, you're the savior of the world. Let's go. Like, come with me. Let's go. And this is sort of like it's that grand epic tale that, that, that he's telling. We don't know who that individual is yet. We don't know what's going what's going on. But like it's that's the idea. Right. And these characters throughout different times, uh, something takes over. There's something that they find along life's journey that settles them that they find like um they seek the void you know this calm this peace and they're able to do more and so i was thinking of the void and i was thinking of you know rand and they talk about the archery competition in the first few chapters and just what that's like he always refers back to that in his training with tam and uh this this student of mine had said that he had found the key to the door and and he and he was sharing with me just sort of like his what he wanted to do moving forward and that he was pulling on you know, he was trying to open the wrong door. He was trying to, to tear it down, et cetera, yada, yada. But he had had the key the whole time and he had to get like settled and do some deep reflection and, and searching and stuff. So it just kind of like fired me up and motivated me. And I, I thought more about the books that we read and those characters and what the author is trying to communicate to us, like the lesson and the theme that, that come out of these stories. And that's that's why I'm here, man. That's why I, I love the book clubs that we do. And I, I love to gather like all over on Patreon. We have some really good thoughts uh, about the last couple, you know, um, episodes slash, you know, chapters. And I can't wait to discuss those. So I'm just super pumped right now, I guess. Still yeah, on a high. Let's go. Yeah. So there, let's there's go. that. Whew. Okay. All right. Um, and with that, I guess, you know, I should lead into our first selection. Because mm -hmm. here's the thing. Like, you know, I didn't think we'd hit this already, but we've already hit our first, you know, Patreon goal. And yeah. it is... After like we like the first ten people um, who kind of signed up, we'd said we we would do a selection, and I think we thought that would be like way down the line, and we were not expecting uh, this type of support, and for people to it's fantastic. So we're doing our first selection, and I, I kind of thought about the the individuals in this story, and, and Matt knows a little bit about this because the name of the podcast is Heroes of the Horn. Uh, so you know that he, he we've heard tales of, of the They're horn. A big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal, right? Uh, so it, it takes more than bravery to bind a man or a woman to the horn. And you know, only a few are bound to the wheel and spun out again and again to work the will of the wheel in the pattern of the ages. And so I thought what we would do is we would kind of do like a random selection, right? And we have a, a kind of a giveaway, if you will, uh, for our first selection. And we wanted to announce it on the podcast, then we're going to uh, hit those individuals up. But actually every like, I think 10 or 20 as we increase, we're doing a, a pretty major giveaway. So it's just kind of fun. If you want to be entered in that, all you have to do is go sign up, which is, that's it. doesn't matter what level. Uh, yeah. So here we go. The first selection, um, the power of three is at work here. I was thinking about Taviran. Uh, I've been thinking about like just uh, my, my shout out to my buddy Lane, who is obsessed with the power of three. And in Tolkien's work, you know, in Lord of the Rings, which, you know, Robert Jordan was a big 
a fan of and often um, made sort of allusions to or little nods uh, to in his work, the power of three is, is a big deal. Um, so, yeah, we've randomly selected these individuals who are now bound to the wheel and who must forever answer the call uh, of, the, of the Horn of Valir. So here we go. Uh, Lady Amanda of House Ryan was selected. Uh, Laura Lynn Sadai was selected. And Jewel Destrad was also selected. And so those individuals, I will be uh, reaching out to you guys just on Patreon, send you guys a message. And uh, we have a really cool kind of uh, designed a T-shirt for you guys. So we're going to send you that. And then we also have, uh, you know, surprise sort of uh, other little shending thing, you know, something, something special. You'll have to, you'll have to open the package and, and see what we got. So it should be fun. Yeah. What is, what is it? Yeah. I, I, I'm not, I, it's, you know, it's just, some, uh, I, it's just, some, it's, you know, it's, I don't, I don't even, know. yeah, Matt, Matt doesn't even know. He doesn't even know. Yeah. So no, I, I will say it's, it's kind of tied to, it's some of the stuff that we do in our Patreon series, you know, things that I've been, things that you, your brother brought you one of these. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I always kind of feel like, um, there's not much, right? Like the, the, the show, I think when the show comes out, we're going to have more um merch and maybe oh. funko pops and things like that fun stuff that we can also kind of continue yeah, it's to gonna, give away it's gonna be big it's gonna be big yeah it's, i think it's gonna be pretty similar to i mean i don't i don't know that it will ha- immediately have the overwhelming tv success um that game of thrones had but it's certainly going to expand it make it bigger bring it to a new audience uh and you know i'm sure that's we'll start to see a lot more wheel of time stuff out yeah there. i think so too i think so too uh, so, and yeah, we're actually, that's, that's great. Um, it's a great little segue into the village council because we do have some, uh, show news and some things we'd like to kind of talk about. And so, uh, Sir Matt, I put a, a link in here, um, and I want to give a shout out to dragonmount.com. Th- they've been around for, ah, for ages, right? For ages and ages. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I, I always like to respect people who have been in this and working on this for a long time, because when I got into reading the series, this was a resource that I went to, you know, and, and there are other wikis out there that have been around uh, and people have been working on this for, for some time. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Um, th- there's just so many characters, there's so many different places and locations and the world is so big that you really, it does take a lot to kind of, uh, it takes a team essentially to keep track of all of it and, and to, to log and index everything. So yeah, let me pull this up here real quick. Um, it's just sort of like a, a, a casting rundown. So they've got uh, all the updates on the show. And I'm going to put this link maybe in the description of this episode. And I th- I'm definitely going to share it on Facebook and um, over on Patreon so folks can can check this out. But they've got, like, you know, confirmed um, cast members. And we are getting new Aes Sedai kind of, like, left and right, which is which is awesome. We know that there's a lot of them in this series. Uh, and uh, it's, it's going to be kind of cool to see, you know, uh, just, you know, different people fill those roles. It, I, I don't know. I, I, I kind of am blown away by some of the names that we're seeing. They're not like those household they're names, not, you know, they're not. Yeah, they're really in all honesty. I went through and I clicked on a lot of these people and other than um, Michael uh, McCat, how do you pronounce that guy's name? McCatton, I think. Uh, um, yeah. Who, who plays who's going to play Tam, who is Bruce Bolton. Oh, yeah. Thrones. Yeah. 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 My, Mc, McElton, I don't know. It's I mean, Roseman Pike spelling, is but. is. I mean, that's right, right. Uh, she's definitely no. I mean, and a lot of these people. Also, I think it depends on where you live. Some of these, you know, British um, actors and stuff that we don't maybe they're in different you know, TV shows and films and things that we we're not as familiar with. Some of them are just younger, up and coming, and so I think it's I think it's cool because this feels sort of like a like 
honestly, like the Wheel of Time series, it and what they're doing with this on Amazon, it feels like it's going to be the, at, at the same level as like the the Lord of the Rings on Prime. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like it's going to be that big. And so I'm like, yeah. these people know this is this is a this is huge. Like the pressure is is on. Um, like this this uh, what's his name? Uh, Barney Harris, right? I don't know who this he's playing. He's playing Matt. Um, I'm excited. I don't know who this guy is. I, I haven't had done a lot of research yet to kind of look up um, previous roles and things, but it's it's not not a lot not a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not he has he has ten he has ten credits. Um, looks like he was in show, some show called uh, Click, where he had he was in a handful of episodes. Don't yeah. know anything about yeah. it. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That's I mean that's that's about it. I've never heard of it. But yeah, I think a lot of these people, and again, as you said, could be if because we don't live over in England, you know, a lot of these British actors, yeah, or just, European actors, stuff like that, we just don't end up seeing them, right? But we'll see. So I mean, we'll, we'll. I think I think I think it's gonna be good. I the cast looks, um, oh, it's a beautiful, it's a stunning, just you know, yeah, right. It's very uh, interesting. I, here's something. So uh, they, they did such a good job with this, and I really do want to give them this credit here so uh dragonmount.com i'm gonna put the link in here if you guys like initially when you look at the link you're gonna see like a list like a chart of different characters with their uh imdb pages and all that kind of stuff and then when they were announced as you know being a part of this um we know that that they're shooting this now like some of this is going on now there's been a lot of pictures of the of the episode one and episode two script they've been reading through that there's a lot of instagram uh, photos there. Brandon Sanderson went in and read the first two and and enjoyed it, liked it. I'm like, uh, okay, like let's go. That's awesome. Uh, but I want to send this link to you guys because they actually have a picture. Um, sort of. I don't know if this was Ariel Burgess or not, or or who did the the artwork for some of these little like they're kind of putting the face of the of our of our actor next to the character, like a cartoon. Um, or, or like a drawing of that character based upon the book. So it's really kind of cool to see that side by side uh, and and make that make that connection, I guess. So because like you know now as I'm even as I'm rereading, I'm I'm reading more rain and I'm 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 thinking and I'm thinking um, you know Rosamund Pike like I'm putting her face there and I'm seeing her as as Moraine, even though I haven't seen her in costume yeah. or makeup or anything yet. I'm starting to see it. So uh, I think that's I think it's pretty neat. Just adding a whole new. A whole new layer. So, yeah, you know, I'm going through and looking at, again, looking at a lot of these people, and it seems like um, a lot of these people they well they have a lot of credits, right? You know, how, you know, there's those actors that, um, especially you think back kind of towards the '90s and the middle of the 2000s, kind of back when you we didn't have Netflix and we didn't have uh, Hulu and HBO, you know to HBO go and all of these things mm-hmm. where there's everybody has their own series that they're working on where it was more like sitcom based and, and, and show based. And you would see these actors where you're like, Oh, he was on like one episode of this show mm-hmm. and he was on one episode of this show and one episode of this. It seems like that's what they've got a lot of here. People that have been in a lot of shows, but one episode just for that, that episode playing, playing who, whatever role, yeah. you know? 
so that's what that's what it looks like a lot of this cast is yeah yeah which is which is awesome which is great and you know they're gonna bring it too that's the other thing too is that they have an energy they're coming into this knowing that this is this is a really a, a great chance and opportunity for them to work on something huge and this is big for amazon i mean amazon studios like they're trying to make their mark with the lord of the Rings series and and wheel of time like this is this is huge for them so it, yeah it's exciting and it's also very encouraging that brandon sanderson read the first couple scripts and the, the first two episodes and he says that they are very well done uh and if you want there's even another great link here where they kind of had like an interview with him and people talked about and he you can kind of hear in his own words um or read in his own words like what he thought of of the of the script uh which is fantastic uh a couple other things here let's see yeah it's people are speculating on reddit and just even in the comments you go look on social media here and you see it seems like they're they're going to be filming they said it's a rather long kind of um uh the, whether in principal photography or that began i'm sorry september 16th there uh 2019 and so filming now is expected to go until may uh sometime in may 2020 and so they're we're looking at maybe um expected in late 2020 or early 2021 is sort of right. the idea so this is coming up i mean this is really we'll we'll be through the first three or four books and this in the show right will well, dropping yeah well when is um do you know when the lord of the rings amazon is supposed to come out oh boy it's been next to nothing there's actually been more out i feel like i mean besides like, the time yeah 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 they almost seem to be really yeah, moving because I, I would just i would imagine i would imagine right now i i'm not super familiar with amazon's big shows other i know um, marvelous miss Maisel is one and then um jack ryan oh jack ryan uh, i've heard of yeah okay yeah, Jack Ryan was really good, and that, so that came out in around August. So you would think that they would want to have possibly a big show coming out like once a month is kind of like uh, what I what I would imagine. That's kind of the way Netflix works. I mean, Netflix has a lot of their own series, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Stranger Things. Well, it comes out different times, but they wouldn't they wouldn't put Stranger Things at the same time as The Witcher. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You for know, sure. When, when when season when season four of Stranger Things comes out, oh, it's I not going to come out the same time as The Witcher, because you want you want to have that content that's keeping people there. Yeah. Throughout the throughout the year. So yeah. so you're kind of thinking you're wondering whether because obviously Wheel of Time and Lord of the Rings are not going to come out at the same time. You want those they're to not going to separate in yeah exactly in staggered months. Yeah. That makes a lot of just sense. Just like just like Game of Thrones was not out this at the same time Westworld mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Yeah. And that seems so simple, but I, I hadn't even really thought about that. So if they're kind of really, oh gosh, if 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 we have wheel of time is working a little bit quicker and moving faster, then yeah, maybe they'll come out first, followed by, um, you know, the Lord of the Rings series, which is which is kind of cool and actually right. makes a little bit of sense because the Tolkien estate is, I think, sometimes can not hand well, they, right. they get their hands in things and uh, maybe there's yeah yeah. Some of that, but yeah, I mean, the only exception to that type of thing I can think of is uh, like the way the CW does their comic book heroes. You know, you got Arrow and Flash and Supergirl, but all that stuff's connected to each other. Sure, yeah. So they need it on at at at, at the same time. But yeah, I just I I think that w- whenever Wheel of Time does come out, let's say if it comes out in the spring, mm-hmm. then Lord of the Rings will be in the fall mm-hmm. or the winter. It yeah. just, it, they won't they they won't be on at the same time. Yeah, and that's good. And then from there, they're kind of, you know, I this is why in setting these shows up, I think we hear about it and then it's taking, you know, a year to two years 
to get it going because then you want to go back and forth. You want to be able to land something exactly. in the spring, and the next spring i got to land it again because we know Lord of the Rings is going to land in the fall. Yeah, that kind of thing is exactly what they're orchestrating. You're, you're probably right, yeah. Okay, cool. So, it's, you know, it's exciting just because I keep, I mean, we're in 2020, and we're thinking, okay, maybe late 2020, early 2021. That's not that far away. It's 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 cool. We should be getting more news there's a bunch of you know cons and and conventions and stuff where maybe we'll see some interviews and stuff right that's they start to promote this and, and get get people hyped and get people ready so yeah yeah okay awesome awesome okay well hey wh- also while we are here in the uh village council we always do um i was supposed to poll just after each episode and uh last time i just for fun had up here and i don't think this is yeah i'm pretty sure yeah so who is a better um who is better at talking with girls I put that in here. Who is better at talking with girls? And I love that um, Lord Hunter, our good friend Lord Hunter, uh, hopped on there and said, great question, great poll. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they both go back and forth, and, and you've already kind of, you know, now Matt has, has heard them start to kind of talk like, well, I wish Rand were here to kind of tell me how to navigate this. Or he was always better at talking with girls and stuff like that. or whatever. It's just They always kind of go back and forth, and it's never really resolved, so... Uh, it's a nice little poll, but uh, it looked like Perrin kind of came out on top there and was the winner. And then over on uh, Twitter, uh, you can follow us there at um, at the Horn of Valir. Uh, Perrin also 55, 55% to 44, um, 44.4, 55.6. Yeah, so Perrin came out on top there. So I guess there it is. It's settled. It's settled. That's what people think. Hey, I'm, I'm, <laughs> fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. Maybe it's because Perrin doesn't seem like he... Uh, because Rand, the only girl we really see Rand talk with so far is Egwene, mm-hmm. and you know it doesn't really kind of go so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's just interesting that they both kind of do that. That like I wonder they don't ever really, well, at least not yet, discuss it in depth. But it's they're always thinking, God, I wish I wish so and so you know were here because they 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 know what to say in this moment, and the other one's thinking the same thing. So. Anyway, just for fun. So, yeah, we'll post another poll um, after this episode as well and, and just have fun with that. Those are over on Patreon and on our Twitter. So, all right, man. Okay. Um, wow. So, with that, here we go. I mean, the wheel weaves as the wheel wills, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, so. it does. Let the dragon be born again. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, did you, are we going to read this whole thing here um, kind of from some of the discussion yeah. thread? Yeah. I, I got some uh, comments pulled up here. So, we also um, always post a discussion thread over on Patreon if you're interested in that. It's free. Anybody can hop in there and make a comment. Uh, it's it's open to the public, so you guys can just have to create an account, go in there, and and comment. This is fantastic. And actually, um, Heather Reed, I wanted to give her a, a shout-out, brought up some an interesting point here about Nynaeve. We didn't spend as much time on her, and I think we're, good to, we're definitely going to in this episode. Uh, we have some thoughts mm-hmm. uh, for sure. But this is our uh, Part 2 discussion thread. Uh, and she she said here, I noticed that you didn't talk much about Nynaeve's arrival and the discussion that transpired there. So remember, this is we're going back to last episode, those last chapters before we dive in uh, to our new chapters here. Uh, there was a lot going on there between Nynaeve, Lan, and Nynaeve and Moraine that could be pointed out. When Nynaeve tells um, them that she followed their trail to Berylon, Lan looked, quote, truly surprised for the first time that Rand could remember when Lan compliments her, Nynaeve buries her face uh, in her cups and blushes. When the boys walk into the room, Nynaeve and Moraine are st- uh, staring at each other from opposite ends of the table um, and, quote, 
despite the fire, the room seemed freezing cold and all coming from the two women at the table. Uh, great thought. And I, I, you know, that that moment, there is a lot going on between those characters. And there's something that's developing uh, between each of them, between Nynaeve and Moraine and Nynaeve and Lan. Uh, there's like this respect from from Land. He can't kind of believe that they were tracked, that that she was able to, you know, find uh, them here. That's shocking to him. And then also, typically, you know, when you're in the presence of an Aes Sedai, uh, like especially like like one like Moraine, you you're not acting and behaving the way that Nynaeve is. And I think it's more, it has less to do with her age and all that kind of stuff. It's more that it's it's the position she's been put in. Like Nynaeve is the wisdom and she is has a responsibility and she feels this tug to look after these these kids and to bring them back and to figure out what this Aes Sedai is up to, right? So yes. yeah, I, 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 that's yeah, the vibe and, I'm and we see right and we see that a little bit in the in, in the reading today mm -hmm. um where Moraine it's it's hard to tell with Moraine um, like if it's just kind of her personality or she is just that powerful, mm -hmm. uh, because sometimes it, it feels as if she's coming across as a know-it-all, uh, <laughs> but then sometimes it's like, well, maybe she does. Yeah. Maybe she, yeah. <laughs> so right. it's, it is, it's kind, it's kind of hard, uh, to tell, <laughs> to, to tell the difference mm -hmm. so far. Um, but mm -hmm. so I think that, uh, cause if you're, if you're naive, you know, you, you're, you are, you, you have worked hard to get to where you're at. Mm -hmm. being the youngest wisdom and you know it, th these are my responsibilities and she's clearly the, she just she's like that kind of overachiever right mm -hmm. um and not in a bad way that's just that's just who she is she's she's the youngest wisdom she wants to be you know respected and yeah and all of that and so that it's almost like it's it, it, the only thing i can kind of think of is you know when you watch um cop shows Mm -hmm. and you have like the police are there and they're like there's like a murder or something and they're like okay we got this handled and then the fbi shows up and is like all right we're in charge here <laughs> yeah that's kind of that's kind of what it feels like is the situation right. she's put into right where it's like oh well i'm an Aes Sedai. okay so yeah i i, 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 I like i'm pulling rank pulling right yeah, yeah yeah for sure for sure yeah and and you're right that she's always sort of had a little bit of an issue with some of the men maybe on uh, the village council just accepting that she's so young. That was the big thing. Exactly. They always talked about her age and, and stuff. So from the get-go, I mean, she was chosen. She This is this is her spot. Uh, she's meant to be in that role for, for good reason. Uh, so, yeah, she has to deal with that. And I think it's it's also what it is, too. They're, they're opposites of each other, right? So Nynaeve and Moraine. I mean, Nynaeve is just full of anger and sort of like frustration and wants to know what's going on. Get them back right now. Let's go. She She's She's a little, you know, not too much, but she's she's intense, right? And Moraine mm -hmm. is as well, but she's very calm. Every time that Nynaeve sort of, like, lashes out, she's very collected and uh, just doesn't give you, d doesn't rise to, I guess, the energy level uh, that Nynaeve is, is bringing to the table. So, and right now, they are just in that, that well, uh, as Heather pointed out here, just that stare, and it's uh, it's cold. It's cold between the two mm -hmm. of them, and... Yeah, they get into arguments and stuff, and, and you're right. We will see that more uh, today, so we'll mm -hmm. talk more about that. So uh, thank you to um, Heather. Um, Amanda also just pointed out this, this whole chapter probably could have been an episode, and it's true. Like, a lot of times um, we find that a whole chapter is just is jam-packed full of stuff. We were able, in today's episode, to kind of 
there's a lot of walking and there's a lot of thinking and, and reflection that goes on with the characters as they travel. So those are the ones we're going to kind of, you know, not not skimp on, but we're going to kind of right. move through quickly. And that, yeah, and that will happen just time from time because we're not doing a chapter by chapter reread. Right. Yes. But because because we're doing a segment of chapters, there's going to be some stuff in that in that that oh we missed this or or we did that well it's just that there's just not to do a chapter by chapter re, uh i think i did the math once and it would even like doing a chapter by chapter because there's like 15 books i think it was like three to five years and you have to post you do we'd have to do an episode every single day oh yeah sure yeah uh, so yeah it's just yeah so right oh boy okay um so moving on here more discussion um just a couple comments from Amanda and James Hunter talking about. Uh, I actually found some graphic novel artwork and stuff that I posted in the uh, on that thread. So if you want to check that out, it looks pretty cool. Um, Amanda was saying that she's going to have to reread this section and take notes. Um, let's see, Craig Wallace. Shout out to him. Uh, I, I wish that I had had some reading time available at the moment, as I want to start a complete reread. Uh, don't worry though, I'm not a dark friend, so no spoilers from me. <laughs> Uh, I'm just enjoying hearing the, the excitement of all of it. Um, let's see. So he, well, we get to know a little bit about Craig. Uh, he does most of his podcast listening on his commute, right, uh, which is pretty cool. And and that's uh, that's really how I am as well. Like if you've got like 45 minutes or 30 or an hour, uh, that's, that's where you get most of that done. Um, so just some back and forth catching up uh, with one another. Uh, let's see. Um, Heather, back to her again. Talking about Moraine. Moraine telling uh, her telling of Manetherin, which we covered in the um, extended edition. Uh, she says here that that was originally uh, what hooked me uh, to this book 20 years ago. Uh, I had to know what happened to these people after learning about their past. Loving your podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Heather. But yeah, it, it, like when you hear a story within a story, I always think that is that's that's where it's at. That's where, you know, there, there are layers and this person's got it together really like telling legends and tales and stuff. And so uh, Moraine's authority on that and her being kind of a, a mystery and then revealed as this power figure uh, pulling rank, as you say. And then now here she is talking about Manetherin. Yeah. You're, you, you start to get locked in. You start to say, okay, this is legit. What's, what's going on here. So uh, let's see. Um, Amanda, Amanda brought up something here at the end of chapter 17, uh, she says, I have no idea how I didn't catch this. Uh, here's the quote. You will take me to your camp, White Cloak. Moraine's voice came suddenly from every direction. Uh, well, this is chapter. Yeah. End of chapter, okay. Uh, Moraine's voice came suddenly from every direction at once. She had moved back into the night uh, at the children's approach and shadows clumped around her. You will question me. Darkness wreathed her as she took a step forward. It made her small. It made her seem taller. You will bar my way? Another step, and Rand gasped. She was taller, her head level with his, where he sat on his, gray, on his gray's back. Shadows clung about her face like thunderclouds. You dare attack me, Moraine's voice roared like a, like a whirlwind. Shadows spun, uh, sh shadows spun in on her, draped her like a hooded cloak. She loomed as high as the town wall. Her eyes glared down, a giant staring at insects. Go, Land shouted. In one lightning move, he snatched the reins of Moraine's mare and leaped into his own saddle. Now, he commanded, 
his shoulders br- um, brushed either uh, the gate as he as his stallion tore through the narrow opening uh, like a flung stone. For a moment, Rand remained frozen, staring. Moraine's head and shoulders stood above the wall now. Watchmen and children alike cowered away from her, huddling with their backs against the front of the guardhouse. The eye said eye's face was lost in the night, but her eyes, as big as full moons, shone with impatience as well as anger when they touched him. Swallowing hard, he booted Cloud in the ribs and galloped after the others. Fifty paces from the wall, Lan drew them up, and Rand looked back. Moraine's shadowed shape towered high over the uh, log palisade. Head and shoulders, a deeper darkness against the night sky, surrounded by a silver nimbus from the hidden moon. As he watched, mouth hanging open, the Aes Sedai stepped over the wall. The gates began swinging shut frantically as soon as her feet were on the ground outside. She was suddenly her normal size again. You were taller than a giant, Egwene said breathlessly, shifting on Bella's back. No one else spoke, though Matt and Perrin edged their horses away from the Aes Sedai. Was I? Moraine said absently as she swung into her saddle. I saw you, Egwene protested. The mind plays tricks in the night. The eye sees what is not there. Um, <laughs> yeah, interesting, right? The, just her power, the, the, that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, how immense she is. And the look she gives to Rand and kind of moves him along, right? Uh, she seems to be the prod. She's just kind of keeping this group moving and, and helping keep them out of trouble. Uh, Craig goes on to say here that, you know, I guess she doesn't lie, just avoids the truth. Uh, that's why you don't trust an eye said I. <laughs> that is that is. Come correct. on now. We're speaking truths there. Uh, no. Yeah. So so just a really cool, cool thing. And a lot of times when I when I've uh, I've been reading, right, you, you almost have to slow down and really um, focus in on some of these moments where there is channeling and where they are drawing upon uh, the power because. It, he uses again you to envision what's happening. You've got to really pay attention to the words and what he's saying, uh, and the height that she was growing, and that she steps over that wall and stuff. And a lot, like a lot of times, um, just in the fight sequences between two channelers, it's it's you really got to slow down and almost reread that to understand exactly what happened, exactly what all was going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyways, yeah. Thanks to everybody for you know just the thoughts and and uh, participating in in the, in the uh, discussion there. We've got some. Got another email to to read later on, but but yeah, that's uh, fantastic, I guess. And and if there are things again that you catch or you want us to kind of go back and talk about uh, in these upcoming chapters, feel free to to leave a comment there. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Well, now let's head on over to I guess kind of our our main section here. Um, going to read the chapter summaries here. So uh, today we're talking about chapters eighteen through twenty six. Chapter 18, the group is forced into Shadow Logoth to take refuge from the Trollocs. Chapter 19, where we'll be spending quite a bit of time today, the boys go treasure hunting and encounter Mordith. Matt taking a dagger. Trollocs enter the city and they are forced to separate and flee. Chapter 20, the group uh, separate. Rand, Matt, and Tom make it onto the spray. Perrin across the river. Uh, 21, Nynaeve catches up with Moraine and Lan and learns that she can channel. She agrees to go with them to find the boys. Uh, 22, Perrin and Egwene walk through the woods. 23, Perrin and Egwene encounter Elias, who uh, talks to wolves and says Perrin can do the same. 24, Rand, Matt, and Tom travel on a boat. 
25, Perrin, Egwene, and Elias meet up with a uh, band of uh, Tuath. How do you say that again? As oh uh, yeah, um, Tuathlon. 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh, and 26, they encounter a Murdral. Tom fights it so the boys can escape. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good old Tom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's well, great. He's, he is. He really is. You talk about a man who he's more than a gleeman. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I thought, uh, you know, we, we always kind of pick a, 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 about three big talking points here. Um, and again, last time we did some world building, so we're going to do that again. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the Tinkers, a little bit about Shadar Logoth. Then we're going to do our hyper-focus point where we talk a little bit about uh, Mordith today. Uh, and then in uh, part three, as soon as I can scroll past the extensive amount of notes we have um just some some major plot points uh about some of the just kind of briefly some of the other things that go on probably a little bit more about Nynaeve and Egwene uh or Nynaeve and Moraine excuse me so mm-hmm. yeah uh, okay so uh yeah in world building um I thought we'd talk a little bit about the tinkers because it's it's an it's kind of an you yeah know, we've met the we've met white cloaks uh, we've met uh, people from Edmonds Field now we've we're been introduced to uh, the Aes Sedai and uh, yeah you know, we got we got the village villagers we, Trollocs we're always we're always continuing to to learn about kind of new people yes um, as as we progress and so the Tinkers I thought kind of were interesting because they're a, a small kind of band uh, group of people that are pacifists yes. Yep, they they call that the the way of the leaf, and mm-hmm. um, it's interesting that that a lot of people are well, they, they fix things. They they're very helpful. Uh, this this group of people who travel, and uh, you can identify them by their their bright colors, the reds and the mm-hmm. blues and the yellows and the greens um, that that they wear. They they really stand out, uh, and they're always seeking the song, right? Mm-hmm. They're always seeking the song. They're always singing songs too. Uh, but but they're sing- they're they're seeking uh, the the song and and there is actually a huge and this is something I I guess we're, we're I think about the history sometimes and I'm like oh yeah it, it won't hurt and and thank you to somebody who did make a comment about like some of the stuff in the histories could be spoiler um, and so I got to be careful too navigating that but th- there is a this is an important group of people who are attached to another uh, important group of people that will that we've already heard about uh, and that we will encounter later on but. But yeah, they're they're interesting, right? Because their way of life is different. They're very different um, from mm-hmm. other, you know, just small villages and stuff. And also their way of life. Uh, what's what's worrisome is that it's attractive to to young people. <laughs> it's this carefree uh, way of living, and and just uh, I, I I don't know. They're they're always traveling, seeking the song, and they're kind. Anyone can come in uh, to among them. But uh, yeah, Perrin kind of struggles with their beliefs a little bit, mm-hmm. and and it's it's tough for him to kind of accept. Um, and it seems yeah. it 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 seems like there's some mixed feelings about them. Mm-hmm. Um, pulling here from uh, let me see exactly what chapter this is. Uh, chapter twenty five, the traveling people. Um, it's kind of where Perrin is talking to them a little bit. He's like Tinker's. Uh, Perrin exclaimed, "I've always wanted to see them." Uh, they camp across the river from Tarn Ferry. Uh, let me skip the page. And you know they, but they they don't come down as far. They don't, uh, but they don't come down into the two rivers as far as I know. Uh, and then they, Egwene uh, sniffed, probably because the 
tar and fairy folk are as great of thieves as the tinkers there's no doubt they ended up stealing each other blind um, and then they they go back and forth about it a little bit. You know, the tinkers make me sick sometimes, but they don't steal any more than most most folk. Um, a good bit less than some I know. Uh, it'll be getting dark soon. Elias Perrin said, "We have to camp somewhere. Why not with them if they'll have us?" Uh, mm-hmm. Mistress Luhan had a tinker mended pot that she claimed was better than new. Uh, Master Luhan was not too happy about his wife's praise of the tinker work, but Perrin wanted to see how it was done. Um, so, you know, there's, so there's, there's a little back and forth there about, well, you know, some people they make good, make good stuff, but maybe it's just because of their lifestyle. Old, older kind of, uh, people may not, uh, that, you know, they, they basically they're like, they think they're hippies, right? It's yeah. kind of the, it's, it's kind of the easiest way to say it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, they, you don't really know what to think. They're, they're kind of, um, they don't really fit in that, uh, I guess even if you're from the Two Rivers and you're from Emmonsfield and, and you think about the folks in uh, Tarn Ferry and you think of uh, folks in Bear Lawn and, and uh, Watch Hill and stuff, Devon Rye, you, you, you're kind of like, those folks maybe seem a little strange uh, to mm-hmm. you, but these folk really seem strange because they travel all over the place and they just bring a different, a complete different way of life. So it's kind of weird to think that, but there's that different level of like, whoa, that's extremely um out there but yeah it, it's they are known at least for uh their repairs and their their ability to kind of do uh, like like they they stand behind their work well i guess i mean they're, they're gone by the time it's done but whatever like they're right. they're good at what they do um so so yeah, yeah and it's then, yeah and they live and they live the way of the leaf right yeah uh the leaf lives its appointed time and does not struggle against the wind that carries it away the leaf does no harm and finally falls to nourish new leaves so it should be with all men and women. Uh, Gwen stared back at him uh, and and asks, "But what does that mean?" Uh, he's, uh, it says it means that no man should harm another for any reason whatsoever. The seeker's eyes uh, flickered to Elias. There is no excuse for violence, none, not ever. And even if what if somebody attacks you? Perrin asks. What if somebody hits you or tries to rob you or kill you? Mm-hmm. If a man hit me, I would ask him why he wanted to do such a thing. If he still wanted to hit me, I would run away um, as I would if he wanted to rob or kill me. Much better that I let him take what he wanted, even my life, than that I should do violence. And I would hope that he was not harmed too greatly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's something that doesn't... Um, it's, it's tough because they're on... The run here. I mean, they've they've kind of fought Trollocs. Uh, they've been attacked, and, and their their friends and family have been in danger. They left because they were trying to save their village. That's the mm-hmm. the main, you know, thing that they. I think they realized that well, we need to go with Moraine just because, like, we don't want our families to be attacked and killed and and what have you. So they're right. in the fight, uh, whether they've actually you know killed or not. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, they, they, that will come to each of them in in turn, but. This is uh, this is going to be in parents' mind. This these group of people who live this way of life, and it's uh, it's just tough because they're also a good they're a good group of people, and you want to protect these people. You don't want these people to be to suffer and stuff. But they believe that that's the, that is the way, right? That the wind's going to blow, and that um, yeah, when, when the leaf falls, it falls. So yeah, yeah, and they have this line just a little bit later uh, after that. This is all uh, from chapter twenty five. You could cut down a tree with your axe. 
the axe does violence to the tree and escapes unharmed. Is that how you see it? Wood is soft compared to steel, but the ste- the sharp steel is dulled as it chops, uh, and the sap of the tree will rust and pit it. The mighty axe does violence to the helpless tree, and it is harmed by it. So is, so is the same with men, though the harm is in the spirit. Yeah, that was pretty good. I mean, that's that's the idea that when we fight back, um, you know, or we, we sort of, um, yeah, we counter violence with violence, if you will, that we are hurting ourselves in some way that a part of us is being stolen or, uh, dulled or, or whatever. And, uh, that the spirits being affected. So mm-hmm. interesting, really interesting. Yeah. Makes you think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. we will, we will encounter, you can imagine the, the traveling people are, are people who will kind of wander in and out of our story and we'll definitely encounter them the more, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And so, so then the, the other thing uh, in kind of our world building, building section we want to talk a little bit about is uh, Shadar Logoth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Which seems like a really dark. Bad place. Uh, bad place <laughs> is, is the easiest way to describe it. Yeah. Like, like during, um, and when Moraine was talking about Manetherin and, and um, the Ten Nations and, and stuff, like it, it's sort of um, the shadow with, when it came to this place, which was once, um, which was once Ardhal, like it was, it was a, it was a good city. It was a place that um, stood against the shadow, but a different type of evil, different from you know we've been talking about Murdral, fate, you know, oh, I'm sorry, Murdral, Drakar, Trollocs, uh, Dark Friends, the Dark One, all that stuff we've been talking about. We've got stuff going on in our dreams. Uh, they make a real clear distinction that this is different. This is a different type of darkness. And you're sort of mm. like, wait, what? And I think that's what caused you maybe to kind of slow down and say, well, that's that. Now, hold on. This is not just another guy. That they're lump- Actually, the Trollocs were afraid to enter this city. Yeah. And, and when they're when they're running away from the Trollocs, that's kind of the discussion they're having. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Where it said, well, there's one place the Trollocs won't go. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Marine says, no, uh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> but they right. do. They do. They do end up going there. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know what's uh, what name? Matt asked again. Moraine answered as they rode into the city. Shadar Logoth. She yeah. said it was called Shadar Logoth. And immediately upon getting there, this kind of um, will take us into our kind of focused point today, mm-hmm. uh, talking about Mordith. Wow. I mean, it's total different uh, kind of place than we have been before. Uh, yeah, it is, and and um, it it looks different. It looks ancient. First of all, they say that the reference is that it is like ten times the size of Barillon, which they thought was huge when they entered that city town. Uh, this place, you know, Ardhal, um, Shadarlogoth, it, it's it's ten times as big. It's massive, and they kind of can't believe it, right? And it's mm. it, it's it's like like a lost city in this forest. You, you, you know, you would think that, uh, and there's stuff in this city. There's a lot of stuff in here, but nobody comes in to get it, right? There's there's no one coming in uh, uh, to try and, and, I mean, there's not like a, a large group of people or like a band of people who have who have come in. It, it seems untouched, essentially. It's, 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 um, there's destruction. You can tell that there's, there's something. It's been touched by, by war and things, but it's not like, it hasn't been reclaimed. It hasn't been repurposed. Uh, nothing. So that's strange. Yeah. yeah. That's that's definitely strange. Yeah. 
yeah um here i'll i'll we'll jump into a little bit of our morta thing here because the the beginning of that chapter uh chapter 19 talks a lot about the way the city looks uh, broken paving stones crunched under the horse's hooves as Lan led the way into the city. The entire city was broken. Uh, what Rand could see of it, and as abandoned as Perrin had said, not so much as a pigeon moved, and weeds, mainly old and dead, sprouted from cracks in the walls as well as pavement. More buildings had roofs fallen in than had them whole. Tumbled walls spilled fans of bricks and stone into the streets. Towers stopped, abrupt and jagged like broken sticks. Uneven rubble hills with a few stunted trees growing on their slopes could have been the remains of uh, palaces or entire blocks of the city. Mm. Yeah, so really just think think of, um, it's almost a ghost, feels like a ghost capital uh i mean it's not even yeah. like a ghost town it's like a ghost capital yeah, right because they talk about like almost like the the palace like um that, that that it seems rich it seemed like it was a rich city you've got like pale pale marble palaces uh topped with huge domes uh, the, 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 they see these domes and these palace like like uh buildings everywhere that they looked uh every building appeared to have at least one dome uh some had four or five and each one shaped differently, so it's intricate. Uh, yeah, this is this is fascinating. Um, and and again, uh, I think it's it's I don't know who's thinking this here, but and I thought Berlon was a city. Burn me! But Tom must have been laughing up his sleeve. Like Tom must have been laughing at these country folk uh, when they were shocked at like walking into Berlon because this is closer to a city. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, they, they kind of decide here to, and I don't know how much you want to, because I guess until we, right. I see the point that you have here, but they really, they bring the, the horses inside and, and they dismount, they get ready to kind of, um, this is where they're going to camp out. They're going to settle down here for a little bit. They know the Trollocs won't really uh, come into this city and none of them feel truly comfortable with this, with this place. No. Um, let's see here. Nynaeve is still having, having it out essentially with, with Moraine asking her question after question questioning everything that she's that she's doing uh she wants to know and there's stuff that moraine is just not saying i almost wonder too if Nynaeve wasn't here if she would have said more and if that wouldn't have sort of like stopped this whole freaking you know uh situation here with the dagger you know because mm-hmm. they they mess up i mean even though they're they're kind of told right and and it, i don't know it just um it's real unfortunate to take that they Come across Mordeth, right? Yeah, big time. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. And so, um, uh, I'm just, I'll just kind of, just kind of uh, start here. So, um, Matt. Well, also, I, I want to one quick thing here. In the mm-hmm. last chapter, when they're being getting attacked, uh, Matt says some words, right? Kind of, they yeah. kind of has like a war chant as they're getting out. And Matt, oh yeah, and 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 right here, this is right before the Mordeth, the Mordeth thing. Matt scowled. I was thinking about. The, what happened back there about the words I uh, you know everybody turns to look at him not just ran and he shifted uneasy well you heard what Moraine said it's as if some dead man was speaking with my mouth and I don't mm. like it <laughs> because yeah. yeah because because this comes up this comes up um, again later and maybe we talk a little about that maybe in our extended edition as well but uh, that's kind of it's just it's it's something that that happens over this segment that we've been reading 
Well, and, and actually just a little tie in here for people who have listened or who have read the entire series. That's actually really important that, that he, that, that was Matt, right? That you that said mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, because there, there's the idea that these individuals may be reborn again. They, they talk about that for a little bit. And Tom is sort of like, don't, you know, don't speak of that. Uh, the, 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 the dead coming back again is a serious thing, right? Like, let's not, right. let's not go there. And Matt doesn't seem to like that. And I'll just say like he, he that uh, continues to be developed throughout the series in a, in a subtle way. Um, just that Matt's his own man. He's his own guy. And he is he is who he is, if you will. So, I just I guess I'll just say that like it's it's, okay, it's very yeah. interesting and different. And and each of the three, you know, our three sort of um, our th- our three main you know boys who who are from the two rivers who were who were attacked of the same age. Moraine's looking for the you know um, who was who is the dark one after why why are we after this person? Like each of those three is going to kind of develop in in a different way and be very different from each other i guess is what i'm trying to say and this is one of those moments where matt starts to make this distinction this distinction between him and the other two Mm -hmm. so yeah okay so uh just a little bit um after that is when the the three boys are kind of you know looking around a little bit uh there could be treasure matt maintained stoutly anyway i want to climb one of the towers look at uh that one over there, it's whole. I bet you could see for miles up there. What do you say? Uh, the towers are not safe, said a man's voice behind them. Rand leaped to his feet and spun around, clutching his sword hilt, and the others were just as quick. A man stood in the shadows among the column at the top of the stairs. He took a half a step forward, raised his hand to shield his eyes, and stepped back again. Forgive me, he said smoothly. I have been... Uh, I have been quite a long time in the dark inside. My eyes are not yet used to the light. Who are you? Rand thought the man's accent sounded odd, even after Berlon. Some words he pronounced strangely, so Rand could barely understand them. What are you doing here? We thought the city was empty. I am Mordith. He paused, as if expecting them to recognize the name. Uh, when When none of them gave any sign of doing so, he muttered something under his breath and went on. I could ask the same questions of you. There have there has been no one in Arendal, Arendal for a long time. A long, long time. I would not have thought the, that to find three young men wandering its streets. We were on our way to Camelin, Rand said. We stopped to take shelter for the night. Camelin, Morda said slowly, rolling the name around his tongue, then shook his head. Shelter for the night, you say. Perhaps you will join me. You still haven't said what you're doing here, Perrin said. Why, I am a treasure hunter, of course. Uh, have you found any? Matt uh, demanded excitedly. Rand thought more to smiled, but in the shadows he could not be sure. <laughs> I have, the man said. More than I expected. Much more. More than I could carry away. I never expected to find three strong, healthy young men. If you will help me move what I can take to where my horses are, you may each have a share of the rest. As much as you can carry... Whatever I leave will be gone, carried off by some other treasure hunter before I can return for it. Um, so then, you know, they uh, they kind of decide that they're gonna they're gonna go with it. Well, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, intriguing, yeah. right? Like, exactly, ex- exact, exactly. Sure, sure, so. sure, weird guy walking out of the uh, a random building in a in a scary city, uh, you know, uh, from the shadows, speaking in a weird sort of dialect. I mean, yeah, we'll go with you. No, no mm-hmm. big deal. These guys, yeah. you know, strength in number, right? They're they're good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, 
Um, come, Morta said, I will show you where the tra- uh, I will show you the treasure. He slipped inside and Matt followed. There was nothing for the others to do but go on. The hall inside was shadowy, but almost immediately Morta turned aside and took some narrow steps uh, that wound ar- around and down through deeper and, and uh, deeper dark until they fumbled their way into pitch blackness. Rand felt uh, along the wall with one hand, unsure where uh, unsure where there would be a step below until his foot met it. Even Matt began to fan to fell to feel uneasy, uh, judging by his voice when he said, "It's awfully dark down here." Yes, yes, Mordith replied. <laughs> uh, this seemed to be having no trouble at, with all of the dark. There are lights below. Come. Indeed, the winding stairs abruptly gave way to a corridor dimly lit by scattered smoky torches set in the iron sconces on the wall. The flickering flames and shadows gave Rand his first good look at Mordeth, who hurried on without pausing, uh, motioning them to follow. There was something odd about him, Rand thought, but he could not pick out what it was exactly. Mordeth was a sleek, somewhat over uh, overfed man with drooping eyelids that made him seem to be hiding behind something and and staring. Short and completely bald, he walked as if he were taller than any of them. His clothes were certainly nothing like what Rand had ever seen before. Tight black uh, breeches and soft red boots with the top turned down at his ankles a long red vest thickly embroidered in gold and a snowy white shirt with wide sleeves the points of his cuffs hanging almost to his knees certainly not the kind of clothes in which to hunt throughout a ruined city in search of treasure but it was not what made him seem strange either Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, so here we have this, this kind of new character we're introduced here who says his name as if everyone's supposed to know who he is. He doesn't seem like he's, uh, he doesn't, he certainly doesn't dress like he's a treasure hunter and he is very intrigued to find three young boys. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, he's yeah, stoked. So- <laughs> he's very happy. He is happy that they are here, man. Let me tell you, he is so happy. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah, uh, so uh, they end up going a little bit for, f- further. He kind of shows them some stuff. Um, Perrin pulled an axe free, carelessly talking, tossing back the gold chains that had been tangled around it. Jewels glittered among its shiny black handle, and delicate gold scroll work covered the twin blades. Tomorrow, then, he said, hefting the axe with a grin, Moraine and Lan will understand when we show them this. You're not alone, Mortis said. He had let them rush past into the treasure room, but he now he followed. Who else is with you? Uh, Matt, wrist deep in the riches before him, answered absently. Moraine and Lan. And then there's Nynaeve and Egwene. And Tom, yeah. he's a yeah. gleeman. We're going to Tarvalin. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like right there, it's like, the, isn't the whole purpose that we're supposed to be very secretive about mm-hmm. everything and... Here's Matt just in 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 a room full of treasure. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, right. you know, it's like yeah, no no big deal. Like, no problem. Yeah, yeah. We, no, yeah. Uh, Rand caught his breath. <laughs> then the silence from Mordeth made him look at the man. Rage twisted Mordeth's face and fear too. His lips pulled back from his teeth. Tarvalin. He shook, uh, clenched fist at them. Tarvalin, you said you were going to this this Camelin, you lied to me if you still want Perrin said to Mordeth we'll come back tomorrow and help you carefully he set the axe back on the hep of gem encrusted chalices and jewelry if you want no that is panting um 
Mortis shook his head as if he could not decide. Take what you want, except, except. Suddenly, Rand realized what had been nagging at him about the man. Mm -hmm. The scattered torches in the hallway had given uh, each of them a ring of shadows, just as the torches in the treasure room did. Only, he was so shocked to have said it out loud. You don't have a shadow. A mm -hmm. goblet fell from Matt's hand with a crash. Mordeth nodded, and for the first time, his fleshy eyelids opened all the way. His sleek face suddenly appeared pinched and hungry. So, he stood straighter, seeming taller, it is decided. Abruptly, there was uh, no seeming to it. Like a balloon, Mortis swelled, distorted, head pressed against the ceiling, shoulders uh, butting the wall, filling the entire uh, filling the end of the room, cutting off escape. Hollow-cheeked, teeth bared um, in a snarl, he reached out with his hands big enough to engulf a man's head. With a yell, Rand leaped back, his feet tangled in a gold chain, and he, uh, as he crashed to the floor, the wind knocked out of him. Struggling for breath, he struggled at the same time for his sword, fighting uh, his cloak, which had become wrapped around the hilt. The yells of his friends filled the room and the clash of the gold platters of goblets clattering across the floor. Suddenly an agonizing scream shivered in Rand's ears. Uh, almost sobbing, he managed to inhale at last just as he got the sword out of its sheath. Cautiously, he got to his feet, wondering which of his friends had given that scream. Perrin looked back at him, wide-eyed from across the room, crouched and holding an axe as if about to chop down a tree. Matt peered around the side of the treasure pile, clutching a dagger snatched from the trove. Yep. I mean, if you need something right then and there, but sure. something moved in the deepest part of the shadows left by the torches, and then they all jumped. It was Mordeth clutching his knees uh, to his chest and hurtled as deep into the furthest corner as he could get. He tricked us, Matt panted. It was some kind of trick. Mordeth threw back his head and wailed. Dust sifted down the halls and trembled. You're all dead, he cried, all dead. And he leaped up, diving across the room. Rand's jaw dropped as he almost dropped the sword as well. As Mordeth dove through the air, he, he stretched out and thinned like a tendril of smoke. As thin as a finger, he stuck in a crack in the wall tiles and vanished into it. A last cry hung in the room as he vanished. Uh, fading slowly away, and after he was gone, you're all dead. Let's get out of here, Perrin <laughs> says. Yeah, but then Matt, but the treasure, we can't just leave it. Right, yeah, right. <laughs> and, Come on, uh, it's like it's like, uh, yeah. Rand kind of arguing with Matt. Do you want him to come after us? Or are you going to wait here, stuffing your pockets until he comes back with more of him, more of him like that? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. So clearly, um, some sort of magic property to Mordith. Uh, clearly does not seem like the kind of person that we want to take anything from uh, no. or have literally anything to do with. And uh, Matt, uh, you know, he, we see him take that dagger, but then later we find out that he still has it. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And he's and yeah. And like you said, I mean, he's in the moment there and, and just trying to grab something that one is a piece of treasure and, and two, it, well, I should say one. He it, needed it at the time. Yeah, you it's a dagger. It. He can, right. he can, you know, it's, you can use it as a weapon, right? Uh, and then two, it is part of the treasure, which is which is unfortunate, uh, really, because you're not supposed to take anything. Not definitely not supposed to take anything, and you're definitely not supposed to take it out of the city. Mm -hmm. Like that's a bad, that's a big no no. So, uh, yeah, and it's also it's again we're learning about uh, the the difference between these characters, and Matt is a little like. 
you know, he's he's the one who's always sort of like a little uh, more back of the two rivers. Yeah, adventurous, like uh, mischievous. Like guys, let's go. He's always pushing. Let's 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 just, let's get after. Like he doesn't really think of. Um, he'll think of the. He'll deal with the consequences later. But right now, like this is, it's fun. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's let's get after it. Um, he's the prankster. He's the trickster. He's whatever. Uh, but yeah, in this moment, he was he was a treasure hunter. He wanted some treasure, and he thought of like, you know, it it reminds me of like. Um, I don't know anybody who were who were to stumble to stumble across a, a treasure and and there's a curse to it or whatever. It's like there's such a a pull there because most of us don't have that type of wealth and riches and it's just sitting here and there's one guy here and this is an abandoned city that nobody comes to. Like let's go and this is where I wish like Moraine, um, she's got a lot going on, a lot to think about and she's trying to just keep them alive. And these two river folk are very stubborn, and that's something that she. She knows, but I think almost under underestimates a little bit because they, they should just fall fall in line with her and and whatever she says they should just do without question. Like right, like any other person from any other village would just when Moraine says to stay here or don't do this or don't do that, you do it. Like she's an Aes Sedai, not messing around with that. Here we go. But these three do, um, and they don't want to be kind of jerked around by by an Aes Sedai at all. And actually, Tom Marilyn the whole time is really kind of. Kind of coaching them up here too, like like sending that message their way too, uh, which which is wild because we're also uh, us the reader are thinking, well, she's not that bad. I mean, she seems to be helping folks. So it's just one of those moments where I wish like they would have had a little bit more information going in here, or that even Matt later on because she's about to right. They they fight they they kind of fend him off and or, or fight him off and they're able to get out right, um, and get back to Moraine. Although uh, it seems, or did, were you going to talk to me about the city? And as they walk through it or anything? Uh, no, where I was going to go next. So if you if you want to if you want to hit that, you can. Um, where I was gonna, what I was gonna talk to a little bit about is just when they get back and then they're talking with Moraine, and then later when Matt Matt, you know, sh- shows that he has the daggers. But if you so if you want to hit well, up some of that, I just they're, yeah, as they're walking back, they describe the city a little bit more. Yeah, they do. They describe the shadows and just how sort of like at night it's really not a good like as those shadows get longer, it's almost like. The area in which um, the evil in this place can move extends because the shadows and the darkness is growing. And Mordeth is a very interesting character. Um, there's a lot of theories, different things. Uh, Brandon Sanderson has even weighed in on on uh, what he was told by, um, you know, or what Robert Jordan had passed on uh, about Mordeth and where he has been, who he is, who he's visited. All those different things. So we will at some point in time during a, a spoiler session uh, discuss that. It's he's fascinating. And right now, like the even the way in which he disappears and sort of like almost becomes like this smoky sort of like wisp and and um, kind of as if he bends in on himself and shoots into the shadow is very similar to another creature that later on we're going to meet. So it's it, we really just don't know. There's a little bit of mystery um surrounding this character and i I like that i I even like that that not everything is completely tied up and we don't have a real definitive answer on on the difference between him and other shadow spawn Mm -hmm. so yeah so yeah no that's that's good let's 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 hop into um Egwene and or i'm sorry moraine and and well we're back with Egwene and nynaeve and lan exactly yeah Yeah. so so they get back um and i just uh, started back here again this is still chapter 19 you wool-headed whittlings, the wisdom snap. Say that five times fast. Yeah. Uh, she bristled <laughs> uh, from 
Head to foot, her eyes glittered and bright spots of red burned on her cheeks. Why under the light did you run off like that? Are you all right? Have you no sense at all? Lan is out looking for you now, and you'll be luckier than you deserve if he does not pound some sense into the lot of you when he gets back. The ice at ice face betrayed no agitation at all, but her hands had a loosed white knuckled grip on her dress at the sight of them. Whatever Nynaeve had given her must have helped, for she was on her feet. You should not have done what you did, she said in a voice as clear and serene as a waterwood pond. Uh, we will speak of it later. Something happened out there or you would not be falling all over uh, at one another like like this. Tell me. You said it was safe, Matt complained, <laughs> scrambling to his seat. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> he said, I, re- yeah. I can really see that, right? He comes in like, exactly. I, are you kidding me? You know, you, I, I thought this place was okay. What are we doing here, Moraine? What are we doing here? Uh, yeah. So she she steps forward uh, to cut uh, Matt off, right? And they get up talking a little bit there. Um, she's like, you know, Trollocs. Did you see Trollocs inside the walls? Rand swallowed. Not Trollocs, he said. And all three began talking excitingly all at the same time. Everyone begins in a different place. So you've got Matt talking about the treasure, parents explaining, you know, why they went off in the first place. Rand <laughs> jumps right to what he thinks is important. Um, and then, you know, they're all, they're all just talking. And then you, know, you see Tom, and then Tom is back there. He gets a, like, he starts to get a pipe out, you know? <laughs> like, while they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. He's like, this, this might, this might take a second. Um, you know, Moraine's <laughs> eyes uh, showed concern, but not uh, an undue amount until suddenly the eyes Aes Sedai hissed and grabbed Rand's elbow in a tight grip. Mordith, are you sure of that name? Be very sure, all of you. Um, they all say yes, uh, and the Aes Sedai is taken back imme- uh, uh, immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, did he touch you? Did he give you anything? Did you take anything from him? I must know. No, Rand said, none of us. None of those things. Perrin nodded um, in agreement. All he tried to do was kill us. Isn't that enough? He swelled up until he filled half the room. Uh, he moved his hand to demonstrate, uh, you know, like smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, Egwene gave a squeak. Matt twisted away. Uh, safe, you said. All that talk about Trollocs not coming here. What were we supposed to think? And, of course, uh, you know, Matt doesn't say, mm-hmm. oh, well, this, I got this dagger. No, um, no. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah exactly. Um, and then Nynaeve says that it was Matt's doing. Like, clearly, this is all Matt's, Matt's yeah, idea. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a history. He's got, he's got a record. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and so then, um, you know, basically she says, you know, like, obviously that's, you guys should not have done any of this. That's very bad. And then she, this is when she starts to go into quite some detail about um, Shatter Logoth and a little bit about Mordeth, right? Um, yes, yes. You know, uh, Egwene asks, I thought you said the city was once called Aradol. I, I, is that how you, pro- I hope that I'm pronouncing that right, you know? I'm, yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 I always think of like, like Aradol. Art hall, right? Like almost like it's like a hall. Think of it like a right, a plate, yeah. right? Art hall, yeah, yeah. Uh, Marine says that it was and uh, was one of the ten nations, the land that made the second covenant, uh, the lands that stood against the dark one from the first days after the breaking of the world, in the days when um, when Thorin Al Torin Alban uh, uh, was king of Menetherin, the king of Ardal was Balwin Mile. Male? Uh, mm-hmm. Balwin, I- Balwin Ironhand. 
It was the twilight of despair during the Trolloc Wars when it seemed the father of lies must surely conquer the man called Mordith, uh, who came to Baldwin's court. The same man, Rand exclaimed, <laughs> uh, and Matt said it couldn't be. A glance from Moraine silenced them. That's big. That's what I have. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, crazy mm-hmm. highlighted right there. Stillness yep. filled the room except for the Aes Sedai's voice. Voice. Before Mordeth had been long in the city, he had Balwin's ears, ear, and soon um, he was the second only to the king. Mordeth whispered poison in Balwin's ear, and Ardal began to change. Uh, it, it drew in on itself, hardened. It was said that some would rather see Trollocs come in than the men. Uh, the victory of the light is, is all. That was the battle cry Mordeth gave. Uh, gave them and the men um, shouted it while the deeds abandoned the light. The story mm-hmm. is too long to tell in full and too grim, uh, but only fragments are known even in Tar Valen. Yeah. 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 So, well, uh, yeah. It's, it's so, uh, yeah. Clearly, there's something, something's going on with Mordeth. Yeah. He, he, he gets into, the, again, this is a, uh, you think of the the story of Manetherin that we talked about last week, and in the extended edition, it's like this: they were allies. This was a nearby uh, kingdom, if you will, uh, a city, um, and they. Uh, this man enters their city. I don't know anything about him beforehand, but he whispers poison, um, and he he really turns them on themselves. All the while, it, it seems like they're fighting for the light, but truly, they're just destroying th- themselves. It actually makes me think of um, of Theoden and Wormtongue in that's, in Lord Oh, of that's exactly that's exactly what I was about to say. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It d- doesn't it though, right? I mean, it seems so similar to that. Uh, Very similar. Yeah, just that these these, unfortunately, you know, there was no Gandalf the White to come. Uh, cast worm tongue out or or cast Mordeth out. And so the city is actually uh, consumed and and done in. Uh, Like, I think if you, where you were reading there, if you keep going there, there was a little bit more about um, even like the Trollocs, like not wanting to enter the city, which we've already kind of said here, here currently, but uh, there's um, the, the people who were there and who were killed, they almost end up becoming this, the, the fog, the, the Mashadar mm-hmm. that we kind of see uh, later on, uh, that fog, that evilness or whatever it is, is sort of um, the aftermath of, of what happened to those people and, you know, who either killed themselves or turned on each other, the treachery. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they, they died out and that's sort of, he, he takes over um, this, this place. Yeah, and then it just becomes more and more desolate. And then it says, uh, men spoke of Ardal no more, so they named it Shadar Logoth, the place where mm-hmm. shadow waits, or more simply, shadows waiting. Mm-hmm, yeah. Huh, yeah, yeah. And, and then also, there's some there's some back and forth on, on whether, like, this uh, this fog, right, that, that he wasn't consumed by it, uh, he wasn't snared by it. He, he he waited within these walls through the long centuries. Others have seen him. Some, um, some he has influenced through gifts that twist the mind and taint the spirit. The taint waxing and waning until it rules or kills. Uh, if ever he convinces someone to accompany him to the walls to the boundary of Mashadar's power, he will be able to consume the soul of that person. 
Mordeth will leave wearing the body of the one who, uh, I'm sorry, will wear, wearing the body of the one he uh, worse than killed to wreck, uh, to wreak his evil on the world again. So it's, it's almost like he's bound here um, and he is hoping to, to have someone either carry something or he's trying to trick somebody into carrying something to the boundary. Remember he wanted to, he wanted them to take the treasure just to the edge, just beyond the influence of Mashadar, which mm-hmm. I don't know whether he actually, and maybe uh, someone who's been reading for a while, I would love for someone to send me an email about this. Like, did he create it? See, I, I even have questions on that. Like, did, like, like, is he, is it the aftermath of, of the evil that, that he was sowing in, in Arad Hall or is it, is it something else? Like, like what is, what is Mashadar and what is it in relationship to him? Because he seems to need to get beyond the border of it to uh, consume someone else's soul uh, to, to sort of, yeah, whatever it is, some conversion that he, that has to take place. And then he's going to wear their body out of that city and possess them. I think of it as like possession, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, he's, he's up to something. And, and that's why he was very happy to see these three. He had an opportunity to do that. And when they, when, when Rand notices that he has no shadow, um, it's almost like you know, he, he himself is a shadow, uh, perhaps, or, or he's, I don't know. It's, it's different, but yeah. Um, Moraine then kind of talks about how they, they are, that she did, she has warded the place, right? She's warded against him. So she herself did kind of know that maybe there was yeah, potential for this. Yeah. He can't, he can't cross over the ward line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's like, good, good golly. Could we not have known about this guy before? I just keep saying that, but you know, well, I, I don't know that. I don't know that she didn't want to freak him out, you know? Yeah. Or maybe she didn't think they'd run into him or maybe she didn't. And she wasn't going to be here long, you know, right. kind of an in, in stay for the night and then you're, you're out the next day. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. Um, okay. So then I just want to skip j- ahead just a little. Well, it is quite a bit here, actually. To sure. Chap- that's fine. Chap- chapter 24. And this is just when they're on the, when they're on the ship. And this is when Rand discovers that Matt has that dagger. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So he says, so swinging his le- leg up, he hooked one knee over the thick line that ran from the mast to the bow, then caught it with the crook of his elbow and let go with his hands. Slowly, then with increasing speed, he slid down just short of the bow. He dropped on his feet to the deck right in the front of Matt, took one step to catch his balance and turned to face the boat with arms spread wide, the way Tom did after a tumbling trick. Scattering, clamping rose, um, uh, or excuse me, scattered clapping rose from the crew, but as he was looking down at Matt in surprise, it was what Matt held, hidden from everybody else, hidden from everyone else on his body. A curved dagger with a gold scabbard worked in a strain with staring symbols. Fine gold wire wrapped the hill, which was capped by a ruby as big as Rand's thumbnail. Uh, and the quillions were gold-scaled serpents bearing their fangs. Matt continued to slide the dagger um, in and out of its sheath for a moment, still playing with the dagger. He raised his head slowly. His eyes had a faraway look. Suddenly, they focused on Rand, and he gave a, uh, a start and stuffed the, dra- uh, uh, the dagger under his coat. Uh, where did you get that? Uh, Matt said nothing, looking quickly to see if anybody else was close by. They were alone for a wonder. You didn't take it from Shadar Logoth, did you? Matt uh, stared at him. It's your fault. 
yours and parents. <laughs> <laughs> the two of you pulled me away from the treasure, and I had it in my hand. Morlith didn't give it to me. I took it from him. So Moraine's warning about his gifts don't count. Uh, yeah, I I don't think that's uh, what she meant by uh, counting mm-hmm. or, or or not counting. Um, you know, so uh, you won't tell anybody. Rand, uh, they might they might try and steal it. So I won't tell anybody. Uh, I think Captain Doman is uh is honest, but I wouldn't put it past the rest of them. Uh, he says not anybody, and then he then he talks a little bit about uh maybe we can sell it, right, and then we can travel. Yeah. We'll be able to travel. Uh, like kings and so but yeah clearly as soon as i hit that this in the chapter i was like oh my god (laughs) right yeah because we just saw that he had the dagger but we didn't know until now that he kept it and i was just like i i I texted you uh, immediately and i was just like obviously you know how we do my predictions yeah 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 Obviously, this is a really, really, really <laughs> bad idea. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. No, I don't know if it gives Mordith or somebody um, some sort of like tracking ability. Um, mm-hmm. Although possibly that's kind of where I'm I'm at with it right now. Uh, just because you think about the coins that Marine mm-hmm. has, yes. just like I can kind of track them. Um, right. And, and so that's just that's kind of where I'm at on it right now is maybe that gives you know mordith or dark friends or whatever fiends dark fiends yeah. um the ability to to kind of track them right because because that dagger that treasure was was sort of tainted and it's it's sort of uh right it's got an evil evil presence or energy of of its own maybe that's something that they could hone in on uh and it does it is shocking that they they are it almost does feel like like they are being um tracked in that and that they're they're not able to really evade or get away from, from air quote the shadow. Uh, and we, at this point in time, we don't know about Mordith yet, but, but we do know that they're struggling to get away from these Murdral and from these Trollocs. And it's like, mm-hmm. how do they know where we're going? Even when we split up, like they, they seem to still be on our, on our tail. So yeah, that was good. Yeah. That is sort of shocking, Matt, not a good idea to have that dagger. Like, come on, come on, man. Yeah. So I, so I definitely think the dagger will be, pretty it's going to lead to something pretty big i don't know i don't know what but that's where i'm at right now is i think that's going to be a a a, 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 certainly a piece moving forward and certainly an awful idea Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yep yep for sure well and and actually so while we're there i mean we plan on covering um some of you know perrin and Egwene and their walk through the woods and their encounter with elias uh who just briefly on elias here in the in the main show like is is an individual um because really they get past so we're now kind of into um our plot points and kind of going back over what really happened in these chapters and just discussing it a little bit um once they get past mashadar they are split up i mean moraine talks about like she could use the one power to to maybe um attack it to attack the fog and to try to drive it back but she says um like all of the power in the white tower could not really destroy it like it would take it would take so much it's it's just um it's something that so even though she could because they get split up because of this right and they're trying to stay together you know and Rand sort of looking at Egwene going like well I gotta go this way and then she's gonna go her and Perrin end up kind of getting split and then they find each other um Moraine and Lan and Nynaeve end up kind of together so you get those those different groups 
um, they end up kind of, she tells them to sort of, you know, uh, to head this direction and, and to meet down at the, at the river, uh, and they'll kind of, you know, meet there or whatever. And so really what happens is, you know, Rand and Matt and, and Tom end up finding a boat and they're able to, to, to get on and, and, um, uh, make their way, uh, down the river, whereas, uh, Perrin and Egwene have to cross it. Sw- they they kind of swim across and then they set up camp and, and then they, um, start walking in a direction that they think is like, um, they're headed to Camelin, but they're not like it's, they're going in the wrong direction, sort of, um, more rain and land. Uh, it's like they have to kind of decide which way, which to go. Right. right? Like, like, do you, do you follow the boys or do you uh, like, do you follow, um, and she doesn't know who's who she's kind of she tracking them through coins. Right. Um, and, and, and she, and, their, and she yeah. says, well, I know, I know where she, um, they get to the point where we know, we know that we know that they were here a couple, uh, a little bit ago and they may, they may be relatively close, but I don't know mm-hmm. which direction to go. And I, they're having that conversation with Nynaeve where she's saying, well, shouldn't we go after them? And then Moraine is saying, well, do we go north? Do we go south? Do we go east? Do we go west? Mm-hmm. At least I know where one of them is. That's where I got to go. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, and actually at first, with the, so more on Nynaeve, I th- we thought we'd focus more on her um, this this episode because of we didn't last uh, episode. She is now listening in on like Moraine and Land's conversation quite a bit around the fire when they move off. She's able to kind of sneak up and she gets the satisfaction of like, you know, uh, eavesdropping on him a little bit, mm-hmm. which is which is cool. Um, and Moraine, though, she does she's able to sense something about Nynaeve. And this is where um, she starts to catch. So Moraine tells Nynaeve that uh, that she has the ability to, to wield the one power. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's Nynaeve, This is sort of blows her away. She thinks, no, I'm not like you. She doesn't want to be an Aes Sedai. She's she's mad at Moraine for putting them, you know, getting them in this spot. She doesn't quite understand everything. Um, yeah, and then she just sort of talks about like they they start to reflect on her being a wisdom, and like why is it that you think you were selected at such a young age and that you can do these different things? And it was true that you know, Nynaeve even had to admit in her own self that um, um, is, it, is it Mistress Mistress Baron. Uh, you know, taught her well is what she thinks, but then uh, there's more to it. She can she can heal people in a way that like you, it's just there's something she can listen to the winds, right? She's uh, informed in a way that other wisdoms really aren't. That she that some of them were almost like pretending they could listen or they were, um, but they weren't. They didn't have the power. Let's just be honest. This is not like like we learn that there are these these kind of like wilders. These these um, individual these women who could, uh, who are sensitive to the, the 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 power and they kind of go through a like they do channel it and they're not guided they have no like because earlier we saw Moraine guiding Egwene uh, through her first experience through her first channeling experience and she helped her through that there was no one there for Nynaeve and that's really what Moraine is is sensing and, and realizing. Um, and she even makes a connection here, and this is again back to Heather Reed's point that Moraine finds it interesting that Nynaeve was able to track them so well uh, to the stag and lion in Berlon. And it's because 
the uh, Nynaeve at a very um, years ago had healed Egwene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because of that, yeah, healing, right. yeah, yeah, she had a yeah, bond. Right. Yeah, right here. This, a lot of this is chapter twenty-one. Listen to the wind. It's okay. where they're having that having that conversation. Um, and uh, you know, she says, "But I can tell you how it how it began. Um, perhaps as much as eight or ten years ago, the age varies, but always comes young. There was something you wanted more than anything else in the world, something you needed, and you got it." You know, a branch suddenly falling where you could pull yourself out from a pond instead of drowning, a friend, a pet getting well when everyone thought they would die. You felt nothing special at the time, but a week or 10 days later, and you had your first reaction to touching the true source. Perhaps fevers and chills uh, that came on suddenly and put you to bed, then disappeared after only a few hours. Uh, None of the reactions, and they vary, last more than a few hours. Headaches and numbness. The exhilaration all mixed together and you um, taking foolish chances or acting giddy, a spell of dizziness. You know, she's going on on all these uh, kind of things. And then uh, she goes back. Um, she says, you use the you use the the one the power to heal either Perrin or Gwen at some time. An affinity develops mm-hmm. and you can sense their presence. You can you can sense the presence of somebody that you've healed. In Barillon, you came straight to the stag and the lion, though it was not the nearest end to any gate by which you could have entered. Um, of the or of the people from Edmund's Field, only Perrin and Egwene were at the inn when you arrived. Was it Perrin or Egwene or both? And she says Egwene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and and um, let's see here. So so yeah, like, like going on. Uh, Moraine kind of tells her that she's lucky. She's very lucky that she didn't. That most women when that fever or that flu kind of sets in on them, um, they don't survive. And so she's lucky that she, that she did. And she's learned some type of crude control, uh, over it, but there's much more to learn and she can be taught. Uh, and she started to think like, this is awful. I mean, she's realizing that maybe she had this thought in the back of her mind that she had some power that she had whatever, but now connecting it to what the Aes Sedai can do and channeling is a little scary for her, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. because because well, you know, Edmund's Field is also kind of safe, right? And so mm-hmm. you're there, you're a big fish in a small pond, and out here you're a tiny fish, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. then you see somebody um, like Moraine, who's far more powerful, and so it, yeah, it begins to kind of put things in perspective a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so she does admit that that um, she had the fever and the chills and things that, that wouldn't kill anybody, but um, she says they stopped after a few months. What about that? Uh, Moraine says those were only reactions. Each time the reaction comes closer to the actual touching um, of the source until the two happen almost together. After that, there are no more reactions that can be seen, uh, but it is as if a clock has begun ticking. A year, two years I know woman. I know uh, one woman who had lasted five years um, of four, uh, who have the inborn ability that you and Egwene have. Three died. If you do not find them and train them, it is not as horrible a death as the men die. But neither is pretty. If any death can be called so, convulsions, screaming, it takes days. And once it begins, there is nothing that can be done to stop it. Uh, not by all the Aes Sedai and Tarvalin together. You're lying. All those questions you ask in Emmons Field, you found out about Egwene's fever breaking, about my fever chills, all of it. You made all of it up. 
You know I did not, Moraine said gently. And so she's trying to show her that, like, in time, if you don't learn to control this and you continue to kind of channel with in this crude form or whatever, uh, it, it could cost you your life. Mm-hmm. You could die. So yeah. that's big. That's, that's a big deal. And this is a lot for Nynaeve to kind of take in because they, the group had just gotten used to Egwene um, saying things like, you know, right before Nynaeve had showed up, really, Egwene was learning from, from Moraine and learning to channel. And, and we see her kind of um, create a light and stuff, a flickering, if you will. But yeah, right, right. Um, and then really to kind of wrap up that chapter, I mean, Moraine just sort of talks about how the Dark One wants, wants these boys. She starts to explain more about um, that she knows that the Dark One's after them, maybe not what exactly or what reason uh, he, he, he is after them for. Uh, she tells Lan that they will be heading south and that the wisdom will not be accompanying them, to which Nynaeve replies that she will thinking to herself that she would not leave Emmons Fielders alone with an eye Sedai. Um, and then, you know, so they, they uh, make up their mind that they're, that they're going after the boys. Uh, none of she's worried about Egwene, but the eye Sedai says it's the boys, the dark one wants not Egwene. So like they are in more danger. And this is something that happens between her and Nynaeve all the time. And that you sort of have to weigh the, 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 the cost here. Like what's the greater war? What's the greater effort? Because when they're leaving Barillon again, uh, Nynaeve can't believe they won't go back to the stag and lion that is burning and help the people. But like, if we do that, then you're going to lose these Emin, these Emmons filters, right? You're going to lose your, your friends and the people you're trying to protect. You're going to lose these boys. If we don't get away and you take us back there, Nynaeve, they're dead. Yeah. So that's tough. She's got some growing up and some learning to do. And, and Moraine is really this guide that is trying to help her see that in a very patient way. Uh, but she knows um, there's something real that Nynaeve's got some yeah, some power. There's yeah, right? there's something bigger. There's something bigger that she can do, and it's because and I, it, it, it's not just that. Oh, they just it's not like they just go find women and like you know steal them. They they do it they do it for a reason. It's because they it can serve a higher purpose in in Moraine. Yeah, side. yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. So, okay. Now, the the just to kind of um l- like wrap up some of this uh, big discussion here. So, the last thing we want to we want to kind of cover a uh, big plot point here is just um those guys traveling down the river. They're they're traveling down um R N L the the, mm-hmm. the the river. They're headed to Whitebridge, and um they come across a guy called Captain Doman, right? Uh, and. He- <laughs> He had the way his way of speaking is if you listen to the audiobook, it's very, you know, when when Captain Doman shows up and and uh, he's a good guy. He's trying to give him passage. And he also seems to have been he, he seems to be uh, being tracked by by Trollocs and Fades himself. He, he seems to have some trouble and he hopes that they don't mind that. Right. But he, he is willing to give them passage down to, to Whitebridge. And you'll find out that the ship that he had that this is a character, by the way, uh, who who will show up a lot. And I keep saying it's funny because before we started, Matt was sort of like uh, you, you would reference a character. I'm like, oh, big deal. Big deal. <laughs> yeah. That guy comes so up every right here. <laughs> every character I mention. You say big deal. Yeah. Uh, the guy at the, yeah, the like, guy at the gate to to right. To, you're like, oh, he's huge. Well, yeah, like, watch really? out. Big, I mean, he's like <laughs> big player there. Big guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's just funny because these characters, they do, even if they come back in a small way, you kind of like, oh, like, whoa, that guy was, that was two books ago. I mean, 
like it's it's neat to see uh, him kind of continue on with with these characters and yeah, I wouldn't have thought it when I first read this that this is a captain who uh we're going to you know be that's going to be near us and stuff and I can't even use the phrase yet there's a reason I I, I cannot wait till we get to uh Camelin, uh because there is there's a phrase I want to use with all these little things that keep happening and it's like why do these things happen why does it seem like fate or luck or chance or whatever this guy like they just they 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 almost I don't know they're rolling the dice but they're getting the rolls they want you know and it, it's like there's a reason for that and exactly. and we'll talk about it later but but yeah so these guys they end up uh, long story short here they they make they make it to to Whitebridge and um they realize that Whitebridge itself by the way is a remnant from the age of legends I mean it is uh, it's go look up images of of Whitebridge it's fantastic it's it's uh, kind of blows them away especially these guys who have not been out of the two rivers so um. They they hear rumor of a false dragon of of Logain who had been captured right and that he can channel. I mean, dude, whenever it, whenever they start telling about this false dragon Loghain. and Giladon Logain, I mean, look out! I mean, he 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 can channel, and they're sending Aes Sedai after him. They're gonna put him down because he's claiming to be the 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 dragon. Uh, he's called a false dragon because they're all false, really. This is it's it's you know. There's no way that we would live in the time when the true dragon would come back, right? No one ever thinks that they're living in those times when, when that, um, when when the the prophecy will be fulfilled, if you will. Uh, but but yeah, so he they hear about that. Um, he also tells them that the hunt of the horn has been called in Ilion, right? And so that's awesome. Tom is considering going there so he can kind of tell um, the, the story of some of these new hunters and even tell the old. Um, tales of some of the hunters of the horn from from uh times past so uh that's pretty cool but yeah they, they learn all of this um from one when they're once they get to white bridge and they're in the end there and they run across um they they learned that uh fane put on fane and a fade uh, kind of right um are inquiring after them like their description is given uh, like a description is given of them almost to like a T like they're described and they're freaked out like like the innkeeper is you know um he leaves and again Tom urges the boys to to take to Doman's offer like he offered to kind of you guys can sail with me uh, even though I've got you know there's all these tales of Trollocs chasing me and stuff like you know passage is still good aboard my my ship um and he, he really is kind of saying you, you don't want you don't you do not want wrapped up uh, with these Aes Sedai. He starts to tell about his nephew Owen uh, and the trouble that he got in with the Aes Sedai. And um, Rand suspects that Owen could channel. But Tom, uh, well, he doesn't admit that. Not yet. He won't. Uh, but, yeah, you can tell there's there's a reason that Tom is, is upset with the Aes Sedai and doesn't want these young boys getting roped yeah, in. Yeah, he tells them, you know, well, them. what happens if, you know, because they talk about, well, they're kind of arguing whether they think they're safe or not. And he's like, well, what if they're not? I think it's time. Uh -huh, I think yeah. it's time you guys started thinking about life after after that. Yes, right, exactly, exactly. So, um, and here, so again, we know that there are there's a fade, and we know that Pot on Fane is back, and for some reason, he's just been a little odd. We don't really know what's up with him or what he's doing or why he keeps kind of popping up. Um, we saw him in Barillon, and it was like, don't tell Moraine I'm here, and all this kind of craziness. Um, but he's here and they're, they're looking for the boys. Tom gets them to kind of move to where it was time to move on. We're either going to go on the boat or we're getting out of here. 
And as they sort of leave the end, they are attacked. And Tom, you know, he turns to, to face this, this uh, fade, and he tells the boys to run, and he tells them to go to Camelin and to seek out an inn called the Queen's Blessing. Let's go. Let's go. And Tom is, I mean, like, it, it, you know, he's a gleeman telling tales, and he's got this great voice, and uh, he, he can sing, he can juggle, he can do all sorts of different things, right? But those knives, those daggers come out, and he's ready to go. Like, let's dance. Yeah, he is. He's no slouch. No, he's not a slouch at all. He is ready to go. So I don't know, man. Um, (laughs) You know, real Tom Maryland fans stand up because he 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 shows up in in that chapter. He is ready to go. And they think he's dead. That's the thing. Like, like and we don't know. I mean, really, I mean, like this point moving forward, they they even themselves are sort of like, well, maybe he's alive, but he's dead. I I think how could he have survived? He was fighting a, you know, a, a, um, a fade. And that's sort of the thing it's, it's, it's pulling at you, right, is that you, you're sort of like, is he dead? Is he not dead? We just don't know. Rand and Matt take off down the road, and they're going to have to kind of make their way to Camelin now on their own. And they don't know. They just don't know enough about the world, you know. So it's, it's, it's going to be a lot tougher without Tom to kind of guide them and help them in their decision-making. Exactly. So. Uh, all right. Well, as I think it's time to arrest to move on over to a, what are we calling it? Are we calling it a Raven? Are we calling it, uh, yeah. contacting us? I've been, I've been told that it's actually messages are passed mm-hmm. through the uh, eyes and the ears of the Ajas. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. They're, they're spy network. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm still trying to, <laughs> I, I think we'll just bumble through it for the next several months until somebody says like, guys, just call it this. That's fine. And, and that'll be. And that'll be fine. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, so, uh, yeah. And actually, um, I wanted to let's see here. Um, Lord Hunter had sent us a message here. Let me pull this up real quick. Uh, let's see. Well, we have well, actually we have a couple. Oh, I'm digging in here. Um, so Melissa had sent us something. Uh, she's excited that we're doing. Let me see here. Uh, yeah. Okay. She. She's. Um, so hey, here we go. Hey guys. Uh, I'm a listener from your Bend the Knee podcast. I started uh, to read The Wheel of Time and was very excited to hear you guys were doing a podcast for this as well. Um, so far, it's been great. Keep up the good work. Um, it must be hard having so many um, irons in the fire. We appreciate all your hard work. Okay. Um, let's see. It. Uh, okay. She has one request. Um, if it can help. Please don't post spoilers in the podcast description. I was coming to listen to chapters one through nine, um, and my eyes accidentally wandered over chapters ten through seventeen description. And saw something and it went, wow. So some people, some people are legit. Like this is their very first read. So yeah, that's me in the description. I mean, that's tough though. Like, yeah, right, yeah, that is you for sure. Um, that's tough. Yeah, I. Eyes wandering over the description of the of the next episode. Okay, yeah, I will look at that and we'll we'll try to fix that and, and make sure that uh, there's no spoilers even in the first couple lines, I guess, of of the description. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, but hey, uh, thanks, Melissa. We're glad you're you know along for the ride with us. This is this is cool. You know, I keep wondering how many people are listening and it is their first time, or it's you know, or they've they've read this uh, time and time again. Right, kind of like your brother who has read it uh, numerous times, and really it's just a reread to gather different people's thoughts. Right? Yeah, he said that he's now started reading it again. Thanks. 
Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he said yeah. he's already. He said he's. I'm already. He, last time I talked to him, well, he was he was just here um, in in town, um, and he's he said that he was already past book too. So, gotcha. Well, good. I mean, that's what we want. We want to. You know, we're 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 happy to have a veteran veteran readers and mm-hmm. also you know people reading for the first time. So, uh, yeah. There's that. All right. Um. So yeah, we do have um an email here from James Hunter. Uh, our, our good buddy there, he says, hey, sirs, how's it going? Those chapters felt like an epic chunk of story. Um, I'll just hit the main things I walked away with. Um, and he's kind of talking about, uh, you know, chapters um, 18 through 26 here. The battle cries were badass. The first time for me in the story where I think, um, you know, where, where I think they all um, are, are differently connected. And and so, you know, this it's the battle cry right before they get into Shadar Logoth. Uh, there, I, I told um, Sir Matt about this. I love that part where, where they're really just um, yeah, something takes over them, right? It's almost like another man's, as Matt said, another man's mouth, or they were speaking with another man's mouth, or someone else's voice was coming through, mm-hmm. and, and Moraine has to explain to them later on what happened. <laughs> uh, it was awesome. Um, let's see. Uh, point number two here. I love Perrin's storyline, and I can't wait to see how his um, how his abilities you know, progress. And so something we'll touch on here in the extended edition is really what is going on with, with Perrin uh, and Elias. We'll talk about that for sure. Um, yeah. And then, and then Tom is the mother bleeping bleeping man. Yeah. No kidding. You're darn right. He is. Uh, yeah. He's, he's like, I really feel um, that he's more than just a gleeman. He's more than just a gleeman as we just kind of, kind of talked about. Yeah. Um, Rand has a bad sleeping problem and it's making me have a sleeping problem as well. Laugh out loud. Uh, thanks. Enjoy the podcast. So yeah, uh, good to hear from him. And, and it's, uh, it's neat, man. It's neat to see the, and hear people's excitement about, uh, about the series, whether they're reading the first time or they're, or they're just getting into it. Uh, I think it's exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. All right. Uh, do we have any more? Is that is there? There's one. In the, I guess it. There's one in the dock. Is that one we've already read? Yes. Okay. Perfect. So, all right. Well, I already kind of did my prediction. Um, in that I think that the Matt stealing the dagger was an absolutely awful idea that will clearly come back to bite them in at some point. I don't know when, but clearly it's it's some point. Whether it's some sort of tracking or it just is some sort of dark uh power attached to it, obviously an awful idea. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think yeah, it's so um okay, yeah, yeah, you, you you've said that for sure. Do you hmm let me ask you this. Let me think here. So do you Mordeth, do you think we'll see him again? At some point, yeah, I definitely think we'll see him again at some point. I think it, okay. it probably, I mean, probably towards the end of this book, I, I think, whether or or okay or something, yeah. And then I think, and it seems it seems like they're also about to be pretty close to catching up with each other. Hmm. Um. I mean, I don't think they're all going to get back together, but it it seems like I go um Egwene or. Egwene and Perrin, I think, are going to be found first by Moraine yeah. and Nynaeve. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. We'll have to see just sort of how they, um, you know, who, who the, the different path here. They're, they're on their own now, and they're not all being guided by Moraine. Actually, all those individuals who really have the wisdom um, or who are good guides are 
kind of um, all in one group. I mean, Land, Moraine, and Nynaeve are who we looked up to. Uh, Tom Maryland to some degree, but now he's gone. Uh, so Matt and Rand are on their own, and Perrin and Egwene are air quote on their own, uh, if you will, with, with um, I guess Elias is there to some degree helping them out. But yeah, so there we are. That's where we're leaving those characters, and and uh, we'll get back to them uh, next time and and keep moving through the eye of the world. This is uh, it's exciting. It is. So. It's great. So, um, Okay. Well, I uh, just want to remind people, you can check us out on Twitter at The Horn of Valir, um, as well as uh, Facebook. We have a Facebook page there as well where you get updates. Or check us out on Patreon, patreon.com backslash The Horn of Valir. And with saying that, we want to thank you for answering the call. In our next episode, we will be discussing The Eye of the World, chapters 27 through 34. Uh, in our extended edition of this episode on Patreon, we're going to be talking a little bit more in depth about the Tinkers, the Way of the Leaf, Egwene, and Perrin. If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a message at thehornofalier at gmail.com. We will see you on February 15th, and remember that the grave is no bar to our call. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.